0: profitable path you've been searching for. With unlimited coaching, your success is guaranteed. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there. Welcome to Epic Business Growth for CPAs. My name is Geraldine Carter, founder of She Thinks Big Coaching. This is the place to be if you're a CPA who wants to grow your accounting practice. Weekly episodes are full of strategies and action steps that create a clear path for growth without working harder. Time to get inspired and grow your business. Hey everyone, I'm coming to you with a not regularly scheduled episode this week because I wanted to interrupt a common narrative that I hear out there and wanted to provide you with a counter narrative, if you will, a different cut or a different angle on how collectively, Some of us, many of us are experiencing coronavirus. And I wasn't originally planning to talk about coronavirus, but after the umpteenth email that I got about how we are all anxious, in air quotes, I was like, all right, enough, I've got to talk about this, I need to address this, because I'm not down with it. But before I jump in, I do want to say that it's a difficult topic to approach, especially in a one-way conversation where you can't see me, I don't have the opportunity to clarify anything with you in the moment if perhaps I say say something that sounds off or tinny or tone deaf or something like that. So I want to provide a little bit of a disclaimer at the outset and say that I certainly don't want to sound sanctimonious, dismissive, lecturing, or trite. And I definitely don't want to sound as if I've totally mastered my mind in my own in this situation either, because I certainly spent... (laughs) a good part of the night, the other night at 2 a.m. in my own state of piss off and poor me about coronavirus. The angle that I do want to come at this from is one of I'm very much in this with everybody else and and I'm also hearing a lot of stuff out there that I'm just like, oh, God, I wish I could address that. Oh, I wish I could talk. Mm, I'm not sure I agree with that. Um, around how many of us are responding to coronavirus and um, in particular anxiety and stress around all things related to and the fallout of coronavirus as it spreads through our communities. So I have five main pieces of the episode and they are number one, watching out for common phrases and debunking certain beliefs and phrases that seem to be prevalent out there. Number two, that everybody's mind, or maybe not everyone's. Some of our minds need a chaperone sometimes, otherwise it'll get us into trouble. Number three, you can feel something twice, or you can just feel it once the time it happens and staying in the present. Number four, that fear unto itself has no impact. And number five, look at where you want to go, not where you don't want to go. So let me jump in here. Let's start with debunking common beliefs and phrases, and this is kind of the genesis of this episode, is that I started to see these common phrases said again and again and again, and I thought, hmm, I don't think that that's necessarily true. In fact, oftentimes I think it's false. And it's phrases like, quote unquote, we are all anxious. We're all anxious. Everybody's anxious out there. We're all anxious. No, 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 And I'm like, mm, I'm, I'm not anxious, I don't know that everybody's anxious. Some people are definitely anxious and I get why it's a big deal. It's nothing to be trifled with. The impacts are likely to be significant. I get why people are anxious and I don't think that everybody's anxious. And I don't think that it's necessarily that one necessarily has to be anxious. Another one I hear is coronavirus is stressful. So coronavirus doesn't have the power to be stressful, right? There's nothing about coronavirus that induces stress. It doesn't have the power to be stressful. If you don't believe me, go back and listen to episode 12 about how 14 inches of snow makes me delighted and 14 inches of snow makes my neighbor miserable because she's got a shovel whereas I see it and I think I'm going skiing. It's not the snow that has any power to make us feel anything. It's what our mind makes up about the snow that makes us feel hooray or ugh. And it's the same thing with coronavirus. It doesn't have the power to make us feel stressful or the power to make us feel anxious or the power to make us feel depressed or delighted or anything not that you would feel delighted. Another one is don't panic. And I'm left wondering, if I'm not supposed to panic, what should I be doing? Not that I was panicking when I was told not to panic, but this one plays into look at where you wanna go, not where you don't wanna go. Bottom line here is, It may prove helpful to pay attention to some of the beliefs that we're making up, the stories that we're making up about coronavirus, how it's going to play out, how we should feel about it, and so on and so forth. Just because somebody else is having a certain reaction in a certain way doesn't mean that you need to have the exact same one. All right, number two, your mind needs a chaperone. (laughs) Sometimes I think of our minds, you know, they get on a runaway train off to crazy town. And sometimes I think of our minds as a runaway train that is off to, I'm going crazy land. And here comes the train and we hear it coming and we're like, I'm going to jump on. We jump on the train and off it goes. Or I might think of it sometimes like a helium balloon that if you don't hold on to the string, it's just gonna float away, off it goes. And sometimes I think of the mind as a horny teenager at the high school dance, right? There's a reason there are chaperones at the high school dance, right? Because without them, kiddos get into trouble. Your mind is the same way. On its own, it is likely to take off and get you into trouble. So we really need to be careful in times like this to keep our minds on a tether and not simply give them blanket permission to float away, to run away as far as we would like. Sort of like if you've ever had the experience of flying a kite on a beach and the spool starts to spin out of control in your hands and the kite just kind of starts to take off. Or if you've tried to stick your kite, the spool in the ground and the wind a wind gust comes along, it pulls it out of the ground and all of a sudden the kite is off, your mind can do the same thing. So It's our responsibility to hold onto the string of our minds and keep it in our hands and not simply just let it get carried away. Okay. Number three is you can feel it once or you can feel it twice. When situations happen that we really don't like, and we feel what I will call negative emotions, although I don't like to tag emotions as negative, they're just emotions. Sometimes we experience them as negative and we experience other ones as positive. The reason I don't like that is because, say, for example, you lose a pet and you feel sad. Is that a negative emotion or a positive emotion? So without getting too far into it, you could make an argument for that being a positive emotion, right? If you weren't at all sad for having lost a pet, that might be strange. At any rate, without getting too caught here, you can feel something once when it happens Or you can feel it twice, once when it happens, and twice the second time before it happens. There are many people in our lives who are at greater risk than those of us who are healthy. And so somebody said to me, you know, my aunt has emphysema and she's 71. How can I not be scared? So right now, in our state, we have five cases, and it's a giant state. That's not to say that it's not coming. But here are the options. Say a person you care about does contract coronavirus you're likely to feel scared in that moment when they've contracted it. Six weeks from now, six months from now, what have you. You're likely to feel scared, deeply concerned, worried then. You can feel it once, then, and in addition, you can feel it a second time, now. Or you can choose to stay in the present and the current reality is that that person in your life is well and be concerned for their wellness, without being scared, without being worried, without being anxious. There is a difference between concern, worry, fear, anxious, and scared. They're all different things. Sometimes what we do to ourselves is in anticipation of feeling the negative feeling that we don't want to feel in the future. In addition, we add on present moment suffering in the form of worry, stress, and anxiety about a situation that has not yet come to pass. So you can feel it once in the future when it actually happens, or you can feel it a second time right now. And if you have the fear now, then the question becomes what is the fear doing to actually prevent transmission? Is the fear doing anything or is it really the actions and the precautions that you take that do something? The fear itself isn't what has the impact. The fear might motivate somebody to make a certain choice or to take a certain precaution. But the fear alone doesn't prevent transmission. You can choose actions and precautions without fear. And those same actions are not predicated on having fear. So then what next? The challenge here is to learn to return to the present. How do you get back to the present moment when your mind has taken you on a ride to scary land? How do you get back to present? The way that I recommend for my clients, I mean, there are many ways to learn to return to present. The most common one, of course, is breathe. I recommend to my clients to count backwards from five. That way they don't feel like they have to do it forever. A very useful series of questions is what do I see right now in this present moment? What do I hear right now in this present moment? What do I feel on my skin right now in this present moment? You can do a body scan, if you will, from toes to ankles, to knees, to hips, to shoulders, to elbows, to wrists, and so on. What is true in this moment? And returning to the facts of what is true right now versus what we are absolutely certain will happen in three weeks, three months, and three years from now. And the second part of this is around looking where you want to go. And there are a couple analogies that I like to use. One of them is riding a mountain bike up a hill and having to turn a switchback, right? So you're going up the trail and then the trail does a really tight 180. And these can be technically tricky. If you look at the hillside in front of you, as you make the turn, your front wheel will go right up the hillside. So what you have to do is really turn your neck and look up the trail where you want to go. And then your front wheel and your bike will follow. It's the same thing skiing in the trees. It's a tricky thing to learn to do to not look at the trees and look between the trees for the openings and where you want to go. Or if you've played a team sport, you know to go to the open spaces. You don't look at the people who are in your way, you look for the opening. And that way you can go there to receive a pass. Or if none of these sports analogies work for you, if you've ever been in a crowded room and you start to feel a bit tight in the chest, and you think, oh my gosh, there's so many people around me. You can either focus on all the people around you or you can look for an open space. And then you look for the open space in the crowded room and you go to the open space. And suddenly that makes big difference. And now you are where you want to be. So in your life right now, what are the things that are in front of you that you don't want to hit? And where are the openings? In your business right now, what are the trees that you don't want to run into? And where is the opening? Where are the openings? And to be clear, and this goes back to what I said at the intro that I don't want to sound sanctimonious and lecturing and so on, I'm certainly not suggesting that you capitalize on other people's hardship and challenges in looking for opportunities. I'm simply asking, where are the opportunities for you right now? Where are the openings? Because if you focus on the things that are closed and the things that you don't want to bump into, it's likely, it is more likely that you will bump right into those things because you're looking at them and you're focused on them. Another way, or a few more ways you might frame it are, where am I needed right now? And what do people need right now? Where can I serve? And what skills and talents do I have that I can put to good use? What challenges are likely to arise? And what are three things I can do right now to get ahead of them? What are my clients thinking about and what do they need? Those are some sample questions that you can ask yourself to pull yourself out of if your mind has gone on a tear and you want to return to the present moment. So if you're focused on, don't panic, oh my God, don't panic, right? You're looking right at the panic and wondering, well, what do I do instead? The question becomes, well, how do you want to feel? And sometimes people get stuck here because they'll say things like, well, I want to feel like I have things under control, or I want to feel like things are going to be okay. And anytime people say things that start with, I feel like dot, 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 it oftentimes is followed by a thought in this case, a belief that I have things under control, which is just a belief, and there's not a lot that we have control over. I wanna feel like things are gonna be okay. Well, we don't know that things are gonna be okay or not okay, or, and what is okay? So these are more thoughts, they're not feelings. But when I hear people say things like this, what I ask is, how will you feel when you believe you have a few things under control? How will you feel when you believe that things are gonna be okay? And typically they'll say things like, ah, like I can breathe again, or "Ah, I feel a lot calmer, or I feel a lot more relaxed. If you're having trouble here about the difference between a thought and a feeling, because it can get quite tricky, right? Because of the way that we language it with, I feel like, right? It's really deceiving. So if you're having trouble discerning thoughts from feelings, describe it so that I might feel it. Describe it so that the person you're with might feel it. How does it physically feel? Does it feel tight in your chest? Do you feel a knot in your stomach? Do you feel tight between your shoulders? Do you feel a heaviness or a weight on you? Do you feel locked up and tight like you've clenched a lot of the muscles in your body? What does it physically feel like? That'll help you get out of your head. And I say all of this to you as somebody who has had a long relationship with fear and worry. I spent many years of my life in a state of fear and worry. And About 15 years ago, one of my teachers suggested to me, he said, you know, Geraldine, you know that you can live a life without fear and worry. And I was like, wait, what? What? I was actually like, wait, what are you even talking about? I'm sorry, but I don't understand. I do not understand what you're talking about. You want to live, you want me to live without fear and worry. You're suggesting that I could live without fear and worry. Like my life is built on fear and worry. (laughs) I'm not laughing about coronavirus. I'm laughing about where my mind was. So I don't want this to sound like it's oh so easy. And I certainly don't want to sound like I'm minimizing the gravity of what we are potentially facing, right? Because I've run the same numbers too, that a 1% fatality rate on a 50% infection rate is 1.5 million people. And when I say that, I get a giant pit in my stomach and I want to burst into tears. So I don't wanna sound like I'm making light of the situation. What I want is a different angle on what our minds are doing with all of this uncertainty and with possible even likely outcomes that are quite scary. And what I've experienced, what I know, is that my life is better spent in the present and what I believe to be true is that we are much better when we can stay in the present and be effective in the present and with clarity choose what we wanna create rather than allowing ourselves inadvertently to get pulled in the direction of unintentional anxiety, worry, and fear that doesn't serve us and doesn't create the outcomes that we're hoping for. So here they are again, in summary, watch out for those common phrases like, we're all anxious and don't panic. Remember that your mind might need a chaperone. Otherwise it'll get itself into trouble. Number three is that you can feel it twice. Once right now, once when it happens, or you can feel it once when it happens. Number four is fear does nothing to control outcomes. Number five is how do you want to feel? And look for the opening. Where's the opening for you now? One of my favorite sayings is calm waters do not a mariner make. And a lot of us are on this quest to get a handle on our minds. And if you've been practicing getting on top of your own thoughts, now you're being called you're being challenged to up your game and choose getting and being and staying present in the face of significant unknowns. Calm waters do not a Mariner make. So I want to tie it back to a piece that I said a few minutes ago, which is where can I serve? What skills and talents do I have that I can put to good use? And when I answer that question for myself, what I hear people tell me time and again is it's so nice to talk to someone who listens long enough so that I can hear myself think and you don't judge me. The second thing that I hear frequently is that I get to the real heart of the problem in no time flat. So if having somebody really hear you or having somebody help you solve a challenge really quickly is something that could be useful to you. This is something that I'm going to be offering the community for the foreseeable future, provided that it doesn't explode my calendar. And what I typically do is have 15 minutes. Anybody can put 15 minutes on my calendar. I love talking to people. I love connecting with people. I love being able to offer something useful in a few minutes if I can. Usually it's 15 minutes. I'm opening it up to 25 because I think there are people out there who could really use it and it's something that is easy for me to give. So if this would be useful to you, the best way to do it is to head over to my website, shethinksbigcoaching.com, click on the schedule time with me button. I'm gonna update the links behind the button so that it goes to 25 minutes on my calendar and you can just put time on my calendar. And if this is the some small thing that I can do to make a contribution, I'm more than happy to do it. All right, my friend, stay healthy, stay present, and I will see you next week. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down a 40 Hour CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there.